Well, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Timothy Spall, who plays the role of artist Elias Lowry in Mrs. Lowry and Son, which is opening at selected new metro cinemas in South Africa today. Good afternoon, Timothy, and welcome to Classic 1027. Good afternoon. It's nice to be with you. Thank you so much. Vocally, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Timothy, uh, we've loved watching your work. You've played a wide variety of roles. We've seen you in the iconic comedy series of Vida Zen Pet as uh, Winston Churchill in The King's Speech, The Brilliant Secret and lies and of course as Peter Pettigrew in the Harry Potter films do you specifically choose roles that are very different from each other uh, I try I try to ring the changes put it that way as, as much as you one can given that we're, uh, you know as an actor you're a, 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 to, a, to a larger or lesser degree a hostage to fortune you yeah know? yeah <laughs> Now, it's not the first time that you've actually played an artist. You also played Turner in 2014, for which you won the Best Actor at the Cannes Film Festival. Congratulations on that. Do you have oh, a special... Uh, a long time ago. <laughs> it has, especially in this year, which seems to have gone on for 10 years at least. Do you have a Absolutely. special... Uh, Timothy, do you have a special affinity for the art world, or is that just coincidental that you've played these two great artists? Well, I mean, yeah, it's, I did a long, long time ago... Um, when I was a kid, deciding what I wanted to do with my life, as you have to, you know, the pressure's on you when you're doing your exams and everything. I, I had this uh, dilemma of whether I wanted to join the army or become a surrealist, because um, I was um, doing in the army get. This was a youth movement thing in the evening, like a boys' club, mm-hmm. and I was also getting heavily into the art world at school. But neither of these things happened. Um, I became uh, an actor instead. I did the school play, uh, and somewhere along the line, um, that's you know that that side of me, that artistic side, has found itself um, uh, manifesting itself in playing artists, I suppose. You mm-hmm. know, um, and I ended up paint. I have ended up painting myself, so it's a bit of life imitating art, really. Yes, and and did it help you that you had a background in art when you were playing these characters? Well, I, uh, in, only as much as I was interested in it, I didn't really have a background. I wasn't, you know, I, I, I wasn't really that, you know, um, uh, you know, given to painting very much. But when I did Turner, which is now coming on eight years ago, um, I, I was introduced to a guy who taught me mm. really how to paint. I learned for two years before I I did that show. Mm. Uh, work, started working on it, and then that's that's how that's come about. But mm. um, then the Lowry, I suppose, I don't know. It was just, uh, you know, it's just one of them things. I, um, mm. I don't know. It just, no, I, I do have a love of art, but um, and I've become a painter. But you know, <laughs> as to whether they're any good or not, that's another matter. But yeah, no, it is, it is a thing that I'm interested in. Yeah, and and very different styles of art that the the two different artists uh, employed. Do you actually end up? I've, I've seen Turner and those wonderful scenes where you are painting on the canvases. But do you actually see yourself or the character painting during uh, during Mrs. Larry and Son? You do, yeah, yeah. Mm. He's up in his studio. I mean, he interesting enough. You know, he went up every day. He looked after his mother's carer. Mm-hmm. And he went up into his um, attic, uh, this dingy attic with a mm-hmm. one light, uh, gas light, and mm-hmm. he painted, he looked after her, and he started, once he got her tea and spoken to her, he put her in bed, he was up there um, painting away, um, mm-hmm. up in his attic, and producing all these paintings that became uh, sort of world famous, some of them, but um, mm-hmm. 
every painting he ever did, um, his mother never missed the opportunity to tell him how much she hated them. Yeah, yeah. And the relationship between the two of them, quite a difficult one because of that. Um, I remember hearing the Brian and Michael uh, hit matchstalk men and matchstalk cats and dogs in the late 70s. At that point, I hadn't even seen the art. But he didn't really paint matchstick people, did he? It was much more than that. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. That, That became a sort of a trope about his work. Mm. I mean, when the people, to a certain degree, are secondary to what he's painting, which is the landscape, which is this industrial landscape mm. that he grew up in, mm. uh, which he which he he lived in a a, a more uh, wealthy part of Manchester, and they came down in the world and they moved to this part of Manchester, which was very much part of, next to the mills and the factories. Mm. And although he hated it as much as his mother did, mm. um, after a while he started to be inspired by it, mm. and he started to paint. Not just the um, landscape, but the soul of it. You know where, yeah. how it related to the people, mm. what it meant, how it had a, had a life of its own. Mm. You know? Yeah, and it's amazing when you look at those people because they're all quite sad. They're all in their own little spaces, and probably, possibly, that's something that he was going through as well uh, while he was painting them. Yeah, I don't think he was a sad man. I think he was a, I think he was a loner. He mm. was quite happy with his own company, and the only person. A real any um, emotional significance to him because he, mm. as far as we know he never had a relationship with anybody man woman or anything anybody mm. um, mm. with his mother mm. um, but he he did and I think it's reflected in his work have this aloneness mm. as opposed to loneliness in, and mm. that is very much part of that work yeah. uh, there's a soul in this in this uh, bleak beauty that he produces, you know? Yeah, and the works really are beautiful. So just getting back to that relationship, uh, Vanessa Redgrave actually plays the mother. Did you enjoy working yes. together? Yeah, she's wonderful. She's such, I mean, it's like working with an icon, really. You know, <laughs> of course. She's like been everywhere, you know, and done everything. And uh, I've been a huge admirer of hers for a long time. And, and her father, you know, he was one of my favourite actors when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, um, Sir Michael Redgrave. So yeah, uh, it was. It was. You know, it was. Um, we really, you know, worked on it together. It became a, a thing that we worked on. You know, we we changed quite a lot. Not the script that much, but we we worked on it and found the, the relationship together with the director. Mm-hmm. So it was a like a, a, an interesting creative. Um, a very interesting creative process, you mm. know. So it was a lot of, and there was fun to be had, and there was difficult moments, and the same way it always is, really. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it, you know, sometimes it's the drama to have more fun than the comedy. <laughs> you know? Well, I was going to say that because when I watch interviews uh, that you've done, it's very evident that you have a great sense of fun. And this movie, the film, is not just all serious, is it? There, there are also funny moments no, in it. Absolutely, there's a lot of. Uh, lovely language interplay between them. You know, mm-hmm. there's a anybody who's an Alan Bennett fan, and there's elements of that. There's yeah. a sort of uh, interesting poetry in, and, and a blank, almost like a like a blank uh, emotic poetry mm-hmm. in northern parlance, which is very much in the in the language, mm-hmm. which is riddled with a kind of ironic humour. You know, yeah, yeah. And, um, that's very much anybody as a, anybody who's familiar with Alan Bennett. And that mm. world, they're going to like this language because yeah. it is very, very funny. A lot of it, okay. the interplay between them, you know, yeah. as well as the fact that she's absolutely beastly to him, of course. <laughs> <you know? laughs> 
<laughs> I watched the trailer and she really is quite mean. But despite that, oh, he did. Oh, that was a nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, but, she, but you, she, he did love her despite all of that, didn't he? He adored her, absolutely mm. adored her. Mm. She was his everything. Uh, mm. This is the irony. He mm. he did it basically. He did everything for her, mm. and it was an agony to him that she mm. didn't. Um, that she never really, uh, as I said, she never missed an opportunity to tell him how much the paintings were an embarrassment to mm. because they reminded her of how they'd come down in the world. She mm. didn't realise that he was going to be regarded because uh, she felt like she was. You know, she was a, a lady, a queen without a kingdom. Mm. You know, she, she'd been forced by circumstances. She was reveling in her own, you know, disappointment, yeah. really. And she projected a lot of it onto him. She didn't realise that she had this unlikely genius in her midst. Mm. You know, and, he was, yeah. she, he'd been brought up to feel like an embarrassment to her. But he had still adored her. He yeah. absolutely adored her. He took it on the chin. He didn't mind. And then he, he really hit the big time actually after she died and one wonders whether she would still have carried on reacting the way that she did and she probably would have uh, because that was the way that she dealt with him. I think she would have been mystified. I think she would have enjoyed the attention. Ah. And as long as other people, as long as other people told her mm. that he was clever and brilliant, if there was somebody that she had respected herself, that she mm. considered to be an authority, mm. then I think she would have, she would have bought into it. But I... I never. I think she just felt, even from the day he was born, that he was going to be a disappointment to mm. me. She sort of projected a lot of the disappointment with the, the father having mm. feeling she promised her, he promised her the earth and brought her down in in the world. Mm. That in fact that in a sense that Laurie, you know, LS was was copying for a lot of this, um, you know, displaced a disappointment. You yeah. know? Yeah. But all the time, if it wasn't for this this place disappointment and the fact that they had moved from where they lived in a posture part of uh, uh, of Manchester, he would never have done what he did. He would yeah. never have been in that environment and achieved yeah. this amazing uh, poetic beauty in that kind of rather bleak landscape. Yeah. And it really is. It is absolutely beautiful. Timothy, you said that you have some of your art uh, that you've done, and I know that it's actually been displayed at the Lowry in Salford. How did that come about? Well, that, that was one of them things, you know, it's like becoming an artist by accident, you know. Um, that they, they, they were very interested in the Lowry because they've got 90% of his work on display yes. on a devoted um, gallery in Manchester, in Lancashire up there, and um, they, they wanted to do a companion um, exhibition of the movies, so there's some memorabilia, some stuff in the movies, some of the scripts and bits and pieces, and, and then they asked me if I'd done any paintings, which I had done during, I knocked yes. off a few Lowry's, <laughs> you know, and um, I, started, I started to paint a bit like, you know, I, I was first I was painting like Turner, bad copies of Turner, then really bad copies of Lowry, <laughs> and then they got a bit better, and then I started painting a little bit like myself. Okay. And then I, I just said, oh, yeah, do you want to have a look at some of these? I sent them up some pictures. And I, I think about thinking, are you, they're going to choose two. They asked for 14. Wow, anyway, that's they them up and bang them all up on the... Up on, they even put one of them next to the original. Which oh, wow. Well, well, one of his paintings I know, I, has sold for £5.6 million. Pounds, so uh, let's hope that yours does too. Wouldn't that be marvellous? Well, I, I don't know. But I have, I have ended up from that, funny enough, ended up being offered my own exhibition, which oh, will be happening next absolutely in London. So 
Well, yeah, I know. Talk about putting your neck on the block. I was just <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll so see. during this time of COVID-19 and all the restrictions around the world, many performing artists across many of the different disciplines have really struggled. Has that affected you? And does it just give you more time now for the painting that you're doing? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it fortuitously ended up mm. being a, a, an amazing example, a, a chance to uh, to get on with it. And I, I was able, and I finished, you know, I, I did do what I set out to do. I've done the work that I wanted to do. But, no, it has affected a lot a lot of people in, in this business. And there were some things that came up that I, I, I could have done, but they were odd and, dis, you know, but very few things have happened. And a lot of particularly theatre, people in theatre have been, you know, really, not only it's just, they're just not open, mm. but, uh, you know, they're worried about will they ever yes. open? You know? yes. Will they ever, what, what, what will happen? You know, yeah. that's why this, um, you know, this, uh, um, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, serum, I can never remember the word for it, the, uh, <laughs> it's come along, the, thing, the vaccination. The, 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 the vaccine, <laughs> I can never remember that. Given it's so topical, I can never remember that word. I don't know why. But, um, so that is why, you know, that's really the only way that people are, are going to feel confident to go mm, out. Yeah, given that, yeah. You know, a lot of the people that go to this here, so are, you know, in that zone where they, um, they're going to feel vulnerable, you know. So, yes. no, uh, but no, I've got something coming up in, in, the, in next year, but I don't know, God knows, uh, whether that will be affected by. Yeah. Uh, and it's a movie, but my son, who's an actor, is, is filming. Yes. He's doing a TV, a TV series, and he's filming. And they, they get they get by. They have, you know, it's a bit odd, but it can be they done. They get and by, yeah. It seems to me it's... It's yeah, we're a resilient lot. <laughs> we are a resilient yeah, lot. Yeah, I mean, a film set, they make, they test you every, everybody gets tested yes. three times a week. Yeah. You know, so it is, you know, anyway, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, well, I hope that that all goes well. We look forward to uh, watching you in your next projects. And thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us here on Classic 1027. Thank you so much, Timothy. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I hope you enjoy the movie. Thank you. We'll definitely do so. Thank you, Timothy. That is uh, Timothy Spall, who uh, features in uh, Mrs. Lowry and Son, which opens in select new Metro cinemas today. We all look forward to seeing it. And a lovely quote from the script when Lowry says, My paintings aren't just pictures of mill streets and factories mother they are every brick every window every stroke of color and it's all made up of me